So you said you've been in mortgage for 40 or 23 years. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what exactly is your business? How does that exactly work? Because I'm ignorant to all that kind of stuff. Um, well, I'm on the lending side. I deal with, I used to do commercial back in the early days, but I got out of that because those are so lengthy. I do residential transactions. So owner occupied primarily, uh, yeah, people buying houses. So what differences have you seen now? I mean, we kind of talked about it off here, but like what difference do you see now than like 10 years ago? So 10 years ago, we were still pretty much coming out of the meltdown of 08. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were talking about just a minute ago. It's a total different type of problem that we have now versus what we had back then. Uh, Back then, everybody did arm loans, you know. So when their arms expired, their rates shot up. Okay. Their payments shot up. And, of course, you know, when they bought the new bigger house, like I said, they got their new bigger car and – the better schools for the kids. So that little bit, you know, going up four or five hundred dollars, that that just Shit. killed them. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember in two thousand ten, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand foreclosures at any given moment. Um well then in ten they changed the rules to mortgage lending, right? They came in and a bunch of people wrote rules that of course never done what we've done. So it was hard. I can mm-hmm. remember in 2012 and 13, you'd have a good customer, you know, a 650, 660 credit score that you would generally say no brainer to, and you couldn't get them bought. So that was a tough time. That worked itself all out. And then by about 14 and 15, we started rolling again. Why did they come in and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, why did they come in and, Change the rules is because of the market crash of 08? That's right. Oh, because okay. of all the foreclosures and the, the loss. You're talking about countrywide went out of business. Yeah. I can remember going to work every day, and there was an implode meter that we watched on the computer. And you would, you would literally just watch companies go out of business right in front of your face day after day. I can remember showing up at attorney's offices uh, with families, and I would call my lender or that, you know, whoever it was that I booked it with. I'm like, well, where's the package? Dude, we closed down this morning. They're not They're not closing. Wow. What? So is that the subprime loans that they were talking about? Or That's is that right. Some, okay. That's right. So basically, is that what they call like a balloon payment? Well, it was a, it's an arm loan, adjustable rate mortgage. Okay. So you would start out like, say, 1500 and then it would jump up to... 2000 easy wow mm-hmm. and so was this where where people were saying they were making more than they actually were because like i've oh, heard yeah. that too yeah they were <clears throat> stated income stated assets mm-hmm. they were called sisas and then there was nina loans no income no assets uh countrywide had a huge program if you had a 700 credit score you could literally say i work at mcdonald's i make 10 grand a month i want this you know, house. Oh, Jesus. It was done. It was a wrap. 5% down. Really? But it was so loose that a 500 credit score could get a 90, 95% loan, and the seller would carry a 5% second on it and have to um, forgive it on the, on the way out. I mean, it, it was it was bad. So these people now are just fucked with their credit, I'm assuming? 
So credit standards are good again. I lend down to a 580 now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, oh, I'm sorry. I mean the people that bought those homes and then they were foreclosed on. Oh, yeah. We all started over. But you know how America is, you know, very forgiving. Mm. So was there like a program created to forgive those off your records well, fire, and stuff? Filed bankruptcy. Reestablished, oh, start yeah. over, oh, keep it going. Okay. So even if you have bankruptcies on your file, you can still you can it's back to where you can get it again and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I heard like doing bankruptcies like that's it, you're never gonna be able to get credit again for like ten, fifteen years or no, whatever. not at all. Um two years on most programs. Wow. Yeah, four on conventional. So where the, did all the houses go that got foreclosed? Did people just buy them up that were able to actually afford them, or some are just sitting there still probably? No, they're gone, man. You get they're they're gone. Things were selling 50, 60 cents on the dollar back in 2009 and 10. That's probably one of my biggest regrets, why I didn't buy Cordova. <laughs> <laughs> my brother got his house in Germantown. It was one of those foreclosures. They got hmm. it like in 2009 or 2010 or something like that. Yeah, so he killed and it. And it was like a, I mean, it's like a big house, you know, right there across from the old golf course. Mm-hmm. And the guy for like, I forget what he got for, but it was, it was half or mm-hmm. a third almost, I think. Mm-hmm. And think about now, over the last, say, six years, just right here where we are, they've appreciated almost double from that. Yeah. So how much is that one house worth now? That's what I'm saying. A Cordova house back in the day that was a uh, $125,000, it's a $300,000 house wow. today. Like, where, really? So what are you- a lot of people house poor? today or is that more back in the past what does that mean meaning most of their income is going towards their house and a lot of people have to pay a lot more than they want to now Mm -hmm. of course with interest rates going up um i mentioned that tim earlier especially last year last year was really really bad for buyers in the fact that they were fighting these investors so so bad i would see a family wipe out their entire 401k to pay you know 50 or 60 thousand dollars over just to beat an investor just to get a home you know so do you think it was a lot of people were too emotionally invested in the home instead of just walking away and that's why they would be like okay i'll pay extra for this particular home no, there was no inventory. Mm. There was no inventory. And bottom line, the circle of life is never going to end, yeah. right? We're going to get divorced. We're going to get married. We're going to die. We're going to, you know, get transferred. All these things are always going to happen. Wow. So what if you- I got, if I got 20 people standing around a pond and there's only one fish in there? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So what do you see? Like future, how do you see like where everything's going right now? Because last year it was like you say it was crazy, mm-hmm. and I guess stuff is slowing down now. So as far as like say like a real estate agent, how are they going to be able to survive to navigate moving forward? Um, I'd say the next three four months are going to be tough, you know, because everybody when things happen, you got to step back and figure out, okay, well, exactly what you said, how I handle this. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed already is, of course, the listings are there longer. 
right? Where they were getting 15 offers in five minutes. Yeah. Now they're begging for one offer in 15 days, mm. right? We're seeing open houses again. Um, with the interest rates jumping up, you know, about two points over just the, since the beginning of the year, a lot of people have just, okay, I'm just going to rent or I'm just going to put this on the side or I'm going to wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I think the selling of the houses are a little bit harder. I don't think the investors are buying them as much right now because if our normal rates are high, they can say they're cash all day, but it's still tied to something, right? So the cost of money somewhere has got to be getting higher for everyone. So they're cooling off a little bit too. What's the end game going to be? I don't know. What's all, what are these investors going to do with all this property they bought, right? Yeah. When if you bought up, you know, 30, 40, 50 houses in a in a 150, you know, house neighborhood and you started them at 200 and then you collected a few more in the 250s, a few more in the 275s, now you've got 30 worth 3, 3 and a corner, are they going to dump them all at once? I don't I don't know. Mm. The, the the investor in game to me is going to determine what happens. So do you think there needs to be more regulation? So there's been more that's already started. Um, as people really picked up on the fact that, you know, hey, this isn't good, mm-hmm. you know, because and we don't know their end game. Yeah. Do, do these big companies want to have all this money tied up in these properties trying to collect rent because they're going to have to move them out. They're going to have to replace ACs. They're going to have to hire people. They're you know, have to start painting them. They're going to have to start doing all this stuff. Is that really what they're in for? Mm. Or are they going to get their money back in the stock markets or back in, you know, in the investment sides, right? Yeah. Other than real estate. But real estate, these people obviously learned a lot from the last time, and they've maximized it, and they've done it in a big way. But are they going to keep them or are they going to give them back? I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of um, home association people like making rules like mm-hmm. you, that you were talking about mm-hmm. on your Facebook post. That's mm-hmm. what I saw. That they need to be like local mm-hmm. things, doing things now because mm-hmm. it's going to become a problem. And you were ahead of it before everybody mm-hmm. else was. Yeah. Uh, we've been fighting it for, yeah, over six months. And it has. A lot of subdivisions have changed. Uh, our Shelby County Assessor has gotten involved. Um, they are trying to do things to discourage it, but you and I both know they, with pockets that deep, they're going to, they'll hire somebody to take care of those regulations. I'm sure it's just, what is the intention here? Mm. So you think we're just slowing the big companies down right now with, with all the home associations changing rules and stuff? Cause they're going to find a way is what you're saying? Kind of. Or making them aware that us as a public is not happy with this. But again, we don't know what they're, we don't know what they're at, what the, yeah, what are they doing? So have you noticed a lot of people? I know Nashville's had a big boom, but have you noticed a lot of people from like, say, California or some of the Western states coming in to like Memphis to try to buy up property since it's so much cheaper compared to out where they live? Oh, yeah, we see that. Constantly, um, people in California, you got to think, you know, our prices went up 
substantially. Mm -hmm. Well, so did the ones over there and in New York and in the bigger cities. Um, And plus, not to go down that road, but a lot of them said, I can't deal with the politics anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, especially California people. Mm -hmm. We have had them, you know, they'll sell a house and make a million, two million dollars, and they'll just write a check for one. Those people, they don't care if they pay 50 over or 100 over. And that's the whole southeast region. I mean, they've moved all over the place. They're in good shape. Better so than we are, yeah. Because they made so much cash, especially if they own their house ten years. Yeah. Holy cow! So they they basically are pricing out a lot of local people because they have the extra cash to do that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But the people that are moving like that, that are retiring here, or just coming for you know a cheaper cost of living, they're not buying five houses. They're mm. just buying one. They may pay a little extra for it, but. They don't sweat it because, you know, they made an extra five hundred grand. So if they pay fifty over here. Who cares? They made five hundred. They still are way in the good. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. So how did you get started in mortgages? Like, were you always interested in it, or like, how did your path go to that? Um, my first wife was in the insurance business, mm-hmm. and I was in sales. And she said, man, these guys are killing it. And it was in the uh, right at the 2000 mark. And that's when the the refi boom was going on. And uh, I had a big month at the job I was at. I said, "Okay, well, let's try it. So I jumped in and I spent that first 30 days soaking it up, learning everything I could. And my second month in the business, I did 13 deals and made more money I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and then within two years, I opened up my first company. Really? And it's been say la vie since then. That's awesome. Except man. between 08 and 10. That was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> now, is are the lumber prices still high as fuck right now, or did they calm down? They actually, they've calmed down. The packages have gone down. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I do remember hearing about that. Because they did say, like, you can kind of tell, I guess, if we're heading towards, like, a crash if lumber is high and all the other stuff like that. Now, is that true or no? I mean, I think we're already in the crash. I think it's already bad. Do you um, think it's worse than it was back in 08? I think it's different. Okay. Is it because so much was affected by the virus stopping, everything stopping down? Yeah. I think this is just a whole new thing. And then I don't know about y'all, but I'm scared, scared more now to spend money than I was. Mm. Where I would just, who cares? Let's just go, you know, whatever. Yeah, but now we think about it. Mm-hmm. Now we actually think about it. You know, saving is always important, but investments—what do you? Those aren't worth a crap right now. You yeah. know, I've lost a fortune on my four hundred ones, on my crypto accounts. I'm down hundreds of thousands. That who knows what's going to come out of that? Yeah. So now instead of putting money into anything. 
I'm still doing well, you know, as far as because I hustle and I work, you know, and I stay at it. But instead of taking, you know, two grand to the casino and throwing it in a slot or on the craps table, I'm going to hold up, man. I might take a couple hundred and go play, but I'm going to save. And I think that America as a whole right now is saving and not spending. And when you don't spend money, that hurts. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, just from where we – I do I work for Budweiser, and you can see the trends. No one's buying big package anymore. Mm-hmm. If people are buying a six-pack or a single, you know, like the 24-ounce mm-hmm. can. And, you know, our bosses are like, what, y'all aren't doing enough. Get out there. Make sure you know. Mm-hmm. And then the people are like, Anheuser-Busch is coming down on the distributorships across the country. Why are we sitting on so much product in the warehouse? You know, nobody's thinking the way you just explained – because people are changing their spending habits. Completely. And like I said, I'm a, I, I live a very comfortable, good life. I, I don't, my home's paid for, my vehicle's paid for, you know, I have a good living. But that didn't change the fact that me and my wife sat down and things that I never thought she would want to get rid of or cut back on, we did. You know, subscriptions to... A Disney Plus or a Netflix or this cable package. I mean, thinking about uh, the pool guy, the, all these things she's thinking about. And she makes, and then I start thinking, I'm like, oh my God. So over the last three, four months, whether we need it or not, hopefully everything comes out great. And we did all this for nothing. But if not, we planned. Mm-hmm. You better be safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're scared. Now, do you? I guess it sounds like you subscribe to the whole cash is king. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds like it's uh, because that's one of the things I keep seeing online. People are always like, people need to start saving. People need to start saving. And I think a lot of people live in the moment. They don't look that's right. a little past the future. I mean, you have to live in the moment because you don't get tomorrow's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But you still have to be prepared for tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. And, of course, after that pandemic, I see credit reports every day. Mm. And the amount of credit card debt and just added stuff that people has done. And, of course, there's a tremendous amount of divorces that came out of COVID. There's a lot of bad things that happened really over the last couple of years that make you step back and think. And if something ever was to happen, I mean, could you make it six months? And do you have something, if I need to get a soda, I need to not depend on my plastic card. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have something to barter with? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of us are really dependent on actual credit cards and, mm-hmm. you know, some type of uh, anything other than, you know, hard money. Mm-hmm. Because, like, actually having money in your wallet is, like, a rare thing nowadays compared to, like, even, like, 10, 15 years ago. Because I remember when debit cards first came out, I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to fucking use a debit card to pay for, you know, a Coke or something like right. that. And now my hell happy ass is always swiping, you know. Right. But if you're in a situation, say, like, not even just if the what's going on right now, but just say there was like some attack happened. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What if the switch gets flipped? Yeah. What are you going to do? How are you going to buy your Coke? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be hard for whoever wants to hack our system mm-hmm. to hack it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Gary, we have very 
very skillful people that defend us from cyber attacks and stuff like that, I'm sure, daily. But as as, as we grow and get better in it, so do the people that want to bring us, like, the systems down, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, eventually, the credit card will stop working. One day in Arlington, the Exxon and the um, the shell across the street, right there on the interstate on 25, both their pumps weren't working. Mm-hmm. But everyone else's pumps on airline was. And they were like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. Theirs was working up the street. I just saw people filling up gas. And so people started freaking out. Like, where are we supposed to get our gas from? And it's all these travels. They don't know there's another gas station at the end by the McDonald's, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, Or Seasons. Like, I was like, damn. It's like that movie, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bottom line, there's people out in this world of ours that can f- get anything. Anything they want. They can shut us down in two seconds. Yeah, it's because, uh, you know, people are always talking about how, like, um, like the the stuff that's happening. But, like, if we say we did have, like, a food shortage, because remember how people were acting about toilet, ta- toilet paper? Yeah. Just imagine there's no food or water how people yeah. are going to act. Yeah. And they're saying that. They're yeah. already saying that. Because, like, even when you start, start seeing about, like, the, uh, the formula, mm-hmm. like, that was weird. Like, well, how yeah. do they not have enough formula for people? Right. And the chatter about the uh, the food processing plants mm-hmm. getting burned down. What are they saying? There's like so, over 10 of those. Yeah. All of a sudden, they, like one burned. Yeah. And like a couple of days later, another one caught fire. Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Who, who burns a chicken farm down, you know? Well, that's why I always, I always hear, like they've been talking about, we're going to have a crash. We're going to have a crash. They say there's a crash. There's always a correction that happens like every so often. And then we've been riding this wave where it's been, everything's been good. But it's like there has to be something that because all this is man-made. So there has to be somebody that's pulling the strings, it sounds like, to make this stuff fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a, a hurricane. That's it's not happen. an accident. Yeah. Well, especially with the baby baby formula, that's how do the how does the states not make enough of it? The companies here that they have to bring like 200 is two million or two hundred million cases of formula from overseas, from Europe somewhere to America to get all get everybody what they needed for some of the well, lot of the stores. I think that's the problem. America doesn't produce enough stuff anymore. We always outsource everything. We get everything from other countries. Well, I think we were, but then the plant was told to cut back. Yeah, because we had too here. much or something. I don't know, but I'm glad that I don't have a baby taking formula. Because I don't know what's coming. Something that quick put together, you don't have a choice, and you don't even know what the hell you're getting sent. One thing that would not be a cool situation. I, I yeah. wouldn't want to go through that. When I was at Sam's a couple of weeks ago, I saw some formula. You know, I was just having to look up, walk over to it. Why is it so expensive? One little can like this big was like thirty three dollars or thirty four dollars. It's insane, yeah. especially when we're talking about trying to save. And this is something your baby has to have. Right. It's so the breast the thing about the ones that have, like, colic or have this or have that and have to have these special formulas. Yeah. They're really up shit creek. Yeah, it's it, everything's going higher. People's wages are staying the same. Yeah. It just seems like it's been one hit after another. I it, mean, there was 9-11. Can't catch a break. <laughs> you I know, the housing thing. Then it was... Uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and then you know what else is going to happen next? It's like we go from one worry to another worry to another worry. Yeah. Well, now we have monkeypox. That's yeah. they're talking about. That. I don't even know what I. 
I stopped paying attention to it, I you know, say. and I was like, man, I'm just going to try to do the best I can. I'm going to take my vitamins. Like mm-hmm. I started taking after I got COVID, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my vitamins daily. I'm going to try to drink as much water, you know, mm-hmm. and go from there. Monkey pox is generally people that have sex. So I think you're safe. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> is that really what it is? I, mean, uh, I think that's, that's right. predominantly yeah. how you get it. Yeah, because right. as they said, it's a. I read something about today. It's like it's a version of smallpox. Because somebody I sent this this video. This guy it was like a nasty bubbles on his hands. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it goes away after a couple of weeks. Some people, I guess, can get pretty sick from it. But yeah, it generally goes away. But it's a form of like smallpox. Is it like one of those like it's going to affect everybody differently that gets it like COVID did? No, I think if you're going to get it, you're gonna you're gonna know you have it. Oh, okay. Like I said, I think you're good, man. Thank you. Good looking out. It's like getting the shower that next morning. Like, damn it! What the fuck? I knew I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's just there's just so much. There's just so much going on, and and I think that's affecting people's mentality too. Because you have to be like a lot of people are burned out. I saw that. They were talking about how like people that are nurses are so over it now. They're like, I don't want to deal with this. We just got out of the pandemic or we're kind of, I guess we're still in it, whatever. But like they were worked so overworked and then they had the whole thing. Like some people, if you didn't want to take the vaccine, they were willing to fire those people. Underappreciated. Yeah. It's like you went from hero to villain to now you're just like done with it. Mm-hmm. Well, then also a lot of nurses that actually like work that aren't from out of town, like you're in, like every town has, the you know, city has their nurses, right? That work full time at those hospitals. They get paid so much less than a traveling nurse. I saw the story about it. A traveling nurse, this one, as I said, was in New York or something like that. She was getting paid $122 an hour. And the nurse that works there like all, all the rest, Every day, all year, she was getting paid like $75 an hour or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Like, that's a big difference. Now, if you know people talk when they meet each other, you know, and they become friends and like whatever. Oh, hey, yeah. Well, how does the traveling nurse, you're going to start talking about it. You know, we get room and board. We get this. We get this. You know, they pay us this. Mm-hmm. And then you find that out. Can you imagine what kind of blow that's going to be on your your mentality? Like, damn, she's making $50 more an hour than me. And we're standing right next to each other. Right, but she might have to stay over with those people, mm-hmm. things like that. My whole thing with the nurses is they sat there and dealt with this before they knew what was going on, mm-hmm. you true. know, and exposed themselves to everything that was going on and did the best they can and watched, you know, I can remember when that first guy at Baptist, the nurse, did you remember that guy that worked at Baptist when he died? And that, that was, he was like one of the first ones, uh, and it was like, oh my god, these people are seriously putting their lives on the line, and they didn't, the vaccines weren't there yet, none of that was a thing yet, and they did this, and then the more people got involved, whatever, then to tell these people that they don't have a right to pick after for yeah. over a year, they have. Some have died, and no telling how sick they got or took it home to their families. I remember seeing stories where people, you know, the spouse was in an RV outside or something, wasn't even seeing their kids and stuff like this, but they went every day and took care of you and me. Yeah. And then to say, all right, well, you can either take this or you can go find another job. That that to me was one of the worst things I've ever seen. 
Yeah, and they definitely have to have PTSD from seeing all those people dying and like just being overworked. Mm-hmm. There has to be some kind of trauma that's associated with what's happened in the last two years. Because mm-hmm. I mean, being a nurse or a medical person, I can just, I would assume it's not an easy profession, and then just be inundated with so many people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, like, seeing on the news, like, there would be so many high numbers, and then there's people in just different sections of the hospital, and they were over flooded with people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in some place, they had to turn people away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was a problem. And then, then the other thing happened where, say, some people that were sick didn't want to, they couldn't be admitted to the hospital. Because we knew a guy, I wasn't good friends with him, but there was a guy that something happened to him here, and they had to take him to, like, somewhere in West Memphis, and he ended up dying. And it's just like, that's sad, man. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's Why didn't so I sad. let him in? Because it was high yeah, COVID. Right. And oh, it, wow. Wouldn't, didn't he have a heart attack? Yeah. 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 So that's the thing. How many people, yeah, how many people died from heart attacks and strokes and things that, that could have been figured out, but everybody was in such yeah. freak out mode that it, there's so many people that died from non-COVID related stuff just because they couldn't. And then I heard like a lot of the suicides went up too because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then like you were mentioning earlier about divorces, Mm -hmm. but then there was also a bunch of spikes in domestic violence. And I'm sure there was some kids that got abused sexually or physically because they were at home all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just, and these last couple of years are just, it's different than anything we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's always one of those things where you see something happening in another country and people like all thoughts and prayers. But then when it happens here, it's like, oh shit, this is Mm -hmm. real. Because I remember when I first started seeing that, I was going to blow over. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything about it because it was overseas, you know. And I was like, oh, man, that's, man, we're in America. We're safe. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a story about uh, what was it was some disease that's popular in Africa. Not popular, but uh, Ebola? prevalent. Now, yeah, I think it was Ebola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Ebola. And then they were talking about it was going to come here. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Right. And then that's luckily, we didn't, we didn't get it. But. And then we got the with COVID, and it's like, fuck, man. The dreaded, well, let's just wear these masks for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, you know, like break. how in Asian countries, they already were wearing masks because the pollution's so bad, right? And then people are like, why are they wearing masks? Well, we were all wearing masks, and they were the smart ones because they were ahead of it. Because mm-hmm. when it became mandated in America, they were already wearing masks, so it didn't matter, really. Oh, no, it just seems that if we would just kept on, like we're doing now. I mean, obviously they're saying there's new variants or whatever popping up, but it seems to be that exposure was the best thing that happened well, sure. for us. Yeah. Because like you were saying, everybody's got it by now, right? Mm-hmm. Or had has had it by now. And nobody talks about, well, why don't you make sure you get 30 minutes of exercise a day? Why don't you think about your diet a little bit? You know, let's, let's, Let's cut back on the fried a little bit. Let's eat a little bit better here. Left the soda pop. Maybe drink a little bit more water. You know, we didn't push any of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I like our buddy motivational Mark. He was saying that like that's where the government made a big misstep. That they could have pushed that agenda on people because they say people are more unhealthy now than before the pandemic. Oh, guarantee. I mean, the couch potatoes. Yeah, because like if you're sitting around all day, you know, you're not moving, Mm -hmm. and then you probably get depressed, and Mm -hmm. that's going to add to it. And then if you're depressed, you're going to probably eat Eat more more. because you're depressed. (laughs) That's like shit, man. Well, remember that year I didn't work when we sold the store. Like I gained like eighty pounds. 
or something like that. Because all I was doing was watching TV right there, eating shit. And before, you know, I was going to work, going making Sam's runs, Costco, all these, you know, different things, you know, sweating my ass off doing all that. And then, boom, next thing you know, I was like almost 400, 355 pounds. I was mm-hmm. like, fuck. It'll creep up on you. It seems like it takes longer to get rid of it. but Oh, 100%. You well, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah, I'm on my seventh month. Oh, yeah. what's, what's going on now? Uh, so we went to Disney down in Florida, uh, December mm-hmm. and we were there for about 10 days and I thought I was going to die. It was awful, man. I was, I was overweight. I couldn't breathe. My legs hurt so bad. It was awful. And really? I told my wife, I said, Oh my God, I've got to change. I've got to change everything. So when we got back, I got a trainer at the very beginning of January. Yeah. And so three days a week I go, and every day I walk between two and five miles. And I weigh the same now, like the, you know, 225-ish, but it's totally different 225. Mm. You know, it all changed. It took, you know, about three months to start seeing it. So by about March... I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> whoa. I didn't know that was there. And then my back started getting cut. Yeah. And, and I was like, whoa. And now I don't ever want to feel like I did in December again. Yeah. Because, of course, I still do things I shouldn't do. I probably drink too much, smoke too much, all that good stuff. So I kill the waters, and I make sure I get at least two miles a day. And I do my my weight training three days a week, and it's totally changed my life. I knew it because my daughter, she plays softball, mm-hmm. and we went up to Shelby Farms probably four months in, something like that. And she gave out before I did. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, we're throwing balls, running this. I mean, and then I was like, oh, my God, this works. You just got to move your ass just a little bit every day. <laughs> What's your trainer's name? Uh, Katie Barrett in Arlington. Yeah. Do you go to any of those special gyms in Arlington? I mean, you got what the yard. There's like four like CrossFit type gyms mm-hmm. in Arlington. So my wife's big in Live Fit up there at the square. Yeah. She's there every morning, five o'clock, like crazy. She's big time. I go to Katie's house. She's actually got a gym built in her garage. And then I've got my walk that I do. Uh, I do have an ATC membership, but I'll never go. That's like the nicest ATC in the city. Mm-hmm. I got some dumbbells at my house, and I, I bought a, a bench, and I set it up in my den, so literally I can watch a TV show, commercial comes on, I'll go sit on the bench, bust out a few, boom. It's funny that sometimes it takes a scare to have an aha moment. It does. Because I keep telling, like, saying this, it's like, most of us don't complain about being healthy, but we complain about being sick. Yeah, so we're not, yeah. or not complain. But I'm sorry, we don't, we don't be, we're not thankful for being healthy. But then when we're sick, like fuck, I hate being sick. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we're not here very long, so it's like we should try to take care of the most important asset we have, which is our body. And most people will take better cares of their home or their car or you know their work is more important than the physical thing that keeps you going. I wonder why that is. How everyone is different like that. We are guilty of that. For yeah, sure. I mean, I think everybody is. I think 
we're so used to convenience. So we're, we don't have to worry about everything being survival mode, like people back in the day, because mm-hmm. other people back in the day were worried about like their villages being taken over or some animal coming in or, you know, they have to hunt for food or, you know, everything, even like if you're the most rigid person or like you're a David Goggins or something like that, he's not out there fucking hunting for his own food. So, you know, we're all kind of, I guess you can call soft. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it takes like something to shake us to be like, fuck, I got to do something. What you said, it takes a scare. I never thought about that. I've never been a worker out kind of type of person. Yeah. But I had my first heart attack in 2018. I've had three. Wow. And my mind changed ever since then. And that sucked because, you know, I had to recuperate for like half of 18. And then from like that half of 18 through 19, that's when I was at ATC all the time because I'd done my uh, physical therapy at the hospital for so long Mm -hmm. and they released and all that. I was good. Well, guess when I fell back apart? COVID. Fucking COVID. March 2020. March 2020. I quit going to that gym, and everything that I had done for a year and a half times three was back. Yeah. Fatter than ever. Laser in hell. Yeah. So what does a heart attack feel like? How did you know you were having heart, or did you even know? <sighs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was awful. So I was in line to pick my daughter up from school. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and of course, my left arm it was it was numb, mm-hmm. and it was tingling. I'm sweating. I'm talking about it's just pouring off me like crazy. Uh, so I crank that AC up, and it's blowing, 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 and and it's hurting. I mean, it's hurting, and it it was about a two minute thing, mm-hmm. and I got through it, and I got her picked up. And then we actually went to the grocery store and got food, went home, and I started grilling. And I went into my second heart attack. Oh, damn. So it was back to back. Back to back. Oh, fuck. And my sister happened to live a couple blocks away, and she's a nurse at St. Jude. Mm -hmm. So my wife was getting our daughter ready to take her to dance class. I said, you go ahead and go. I'm going to go over here to Cindy's house and see what she says. And, of course, right when I walked in, I told her, she goes, oh, my God, you're in cardiac arrest right now. And I'm like, oh, crap. So uh, my wife came back and got me. We wound up getting to the hospital, and they put me on that machine. And lo and behold, third heart attack. Fuck. Yep. And from that second, it it was awful. I remember – my mother, my father had gotten there, my wife, and they done, like, 20 people came and grabbed me and threw me on the table. They're shaving me like crazy. And then I'm going down this hallway, and I look, and I see them. And I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to die. Yeah. I don't want to die. It sucks. Damn, that's so wild. Mm-hmm. So don't they say if you have, like, bear or something like that, it can help with heart attacks? Or like some type of um, like aspirin? Is I take yeah. bear aspirin. Yeah, I take eighty-one milligram aspirin every morning. So what does that do? Like, how does it help out? Know. Yeah, I've always seen the commercials about that, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I never looked into it. So do heart attacks run in your family? Uh no, not really. More cancer. 
Really? But hindsight, for probably two months leading up to the heart attack, because I had 100% blockage in the one they call the Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. They said I they said I was virtually about to die. I was Damn. there. But leading up to that, my body told me it was happening. Really? But just like we talked about, I didn't take care of myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a problem until it was a problem because I'm taking care of everybody else, right? Yeah. My workers, my family, my kids. I was last. Do you think that's a problem with a lot of men is that one, we ignore signs and then one, we don't like go see doctors regularly, probably like we should. Oh, yeah. Because I know like women generally have to go for like a yearly checkup. Mm-hmm. But most men, I, I always say this, this has nothing to do with your situation, but I most people probably have been checked for COVID then they've been checked for STDs lately. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, but that's just a that's just a weird thing that we don't generally take care of ourselves until it's too late sometimes. Yeah. And you're right. I, I, I would go forever without getting physicals and this and that because I just got too busy. Mm-hmm. But now that everything happened, I'm not that guy. So if, you, if I get a headache for more than like 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, shit, we got to get the nurse around. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. My big toe's been hurting for like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> is that a hospital that they're building on airline? It is. It's an eight bed, and it's actually – uh, with an emphasis on cardiac. Mm. Yeah. I saw that, and man, they are working fast as fuck on that building. Arlington in general is Bro, off the chart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. How, I remember just a couple months ago, there was just like, there were just the flat land, and now mm-hmm. it's got like, they're putting up the what, siding and stuff, and mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man. Like Arlington is, 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 is Collierville, just like, Give it like 15 more years. Now, are you excited about that? Because your well, value of your home I, will go I, up? I bought or? my house in 16. I grew up in Bartlett. I was always in Bartlett. Mm-hmm. And I married my now wife in 16 and bought that house. And it's worth twice as much as I paid for it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because it's definitely booming. It's amazing. It's so amazing. did your... And then, of course, we got Blue Oval City coming. That's so. good. That's in Mason, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, it's in Stanton. Stanton. Which is a couple exits down from Arlington. And then you got that big, like, 10 million square foot complex that they're finishing right now. At the On Hickory Width, right? Yeah, right there. Yeah. The interstate. And I think they're even going to put a truck stop there. So What is, what is, I mean, from, from the Vescovo's liquor, how far is the Blue Oval going to be? Mm, 15, 20 minutes. That's it? Yeah. A couple see, exits he, down. He was telling me that it was going to be like 45 minute drive. I had a customer me. call me. I put him in a house. He actually had a trailer. It was a mobile home, three acres out there in, in that Stanton area, right? I think we put him in there maybe around 19 ish, something like that, 2019. I went back and looked at the loan. It was $124,000 purchase price. They came in, offered him 450 cash. Fuck. He said, no, I don't want it. I think he ended up with like 600 grand. <laughs> I was like, damn. But he, he said some really interesting information. He said, you know, Ford's the only company in America, the automobile company, that's never filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I didn't that. Know that. Yeah. So, and then, of course, there's this is a four-part thing that they're doing. 
they're like going to take old batteries and refurbish them and reuse them again. And they got plants that are going to do all kinds of stuff. Of course, the electric thing, it's a big deal. So that, what was, you said it's 10 million square foot? Something like that. That And that's on Wicked Hickory with exit, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Fayette County or right. is that Shelby well, County? It, it, where that building is is Shelby. No, Fayette. It, yeah, see, I think I was, it turns right before that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because I was gonna say that's gonna be huge for Memphis, uh, you know Memphis, Shelby County, Texas, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the uh, the Winstead people, you know that own S. Y. Wilson. Yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. Winstead Farms is right across the street. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think they even named it something like that. So if you haven't bought it in Stanton by now, you've missed the boat. Or do you think it's like empty property somewhere still at a good price? I'm sure Ford's already claimed what they're going to claim at this point. But if I was a builder and a developer, yeah, I'd start getting some going for sure. Well, because one of my buddies that used to be here in town, he moved to a store down in Mississippi. Well, he bought a store down in Mississippi. Um, he wanted me to go out there with him and start look for something. This is when they first announced it. And I was like, man, what, what, what money? Like, he... I have a little bit saved up, but you don't have anything saved up. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, it, it's okay. We can still get stuff. I was like, yeah, but man, we're going to be, this is something we have to pay off for the rest of our lives probably if we fuck up. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm not interested. And he's like, all right, well, then he went down to Mississippi, bought the store down Mississippi. I, like, I don't know how the fuck he bought the store in Mississippi, mm-hmm. but he did. He's not scared. That's right. Scared money's no money. I'm a firm believer in that. But think about all the people they're going to bring in for this massive ordeal. I mean, you're going to have the first people that clear the lands and lay the foundations and start the structure. But then you've got so many more things that come, right? The the guts get built. Then the machine comes in, and then those specialists do that. And then the the workers, and then the, you know, the big guys. And I mean, there's a lot of different layers, layers of people that will come and go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the management and the higher-ups, of course, I think they're going to want to live in Arlington. I really do. Because yeah. they're going to want their kids, in, you know, out there. Um, but the workers and people that migrate, they're going to want to just be close to work. So I definitely think it's going to grow. It's kind of like um, Tunica when they were popping off the casinos up. They started yeah. building all those apartments, yeah. remember? Yeah. Where the workers stay really close. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no, some good apartment complexes out there would be awesome. But, again, you're talking about you're going to have to have some serious scratch. Because building to completion, when they actually start working in size, what, five years away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, damn. I'm sure that whole little stretch of interstate will be pretty different. Oh, yeah, I can see. Like you said, truck stop right there. That mm-hmm. that, that, that exit where they're building that. We need then, one of them. Uh, what do they call it? Buckies, boosties. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you really do, man. I I think that I forget where my buddy Mark told us where the closest one was, uh, uh, motivational Mark, and it was like three hours away. I was like, man, one of those needs to come to like West Memphis mm-hmm. or replace one of these loves or something with that mm-hmm. one of those. But yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a really good one. I'm excited for that growth of Arlington. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what was your mentality like when you saw yourself on that, what was it, because of the gurney? 
or the the threat in the bed when you said you saw like your family mm-hmm. after your heart attack? What was your internal thought then, and then after you got to the hospital when you thought you were going to die? So. It let me, like I said, I looked up and I saw my mother and my wife. Those mm-hmm. were the two people I saw, and it was it was devastating. It was a horrible feeling because I didn't know if I was coming back or not. Yeah. And then I got in there, and it's crazy how they do it because it's like on a TV. Oh, really? It's freaking weird, man. Um, and they go in, you know, through your groin, and you'll sit there and watch it all happen. Um. And it sucked because me and my wife, they had a radio playing, and our, our fucking song came on. Oh, shit. And, I, and I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? This is like God's calling me. I'm freaking going up, man. So I woke up. I was in my room. I stayed in, like, intensive care uh, for, I don't know, three or four days. I don't really remember. But that was pretty cool because you – you know, you got like unlimited Delato or whatever, <laughs> man. So I'd wake up and be like, so that was fun. Uh, but when I got out, yeah, I started right on my physical therapies. And I think for the first year, all I ate was either salmon, grilled chicken, with a salad. Mm-hmm. I think I literally ate that every day it was either the fish or the chicken and a salad. Every day for like a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a wild sodas. feeling, man. No, I don't drink any of water. Yeah, water gonna, and unsweet tea. It's going to be so, I mean, it's going to happen to all of us, but to be young and to have that feeling has to be a trippy experience. It sucked because I've worked so hard. Yeah. And I've accumulated this stuff and... My daughter's 10, so she's still got a few more years before she's out of school. I haven't got to enjoy anything. Yeah. You know? I've done all this shit, and I hadn't been able to go. I could never go for a month out of town right now because I've got too many commitments and Mm -hmm. things to do. And if I wake up dead, I'm going to be pissed if I don't get to do that, you know? Yeah, because like they always say, like use Steve Jobs for example. Steve Jobs had all the money in the world, and he got cancer. I think he tried to cure it holistically first, and then that didn't work. And then he came here, and then you know, obviously the cancer killed him. But I guarantee you, Steve Jobs would have been like, I would give all my money up for another day mm-hmm. or ten more years. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, that's a lot of the times that we don't really appreciate every moment we have. Yeah. You know, because you always see people online bitching about like politics and all this other bullshit doesn't fucking matter. And then, like, you see somebody that died, and you always, like, especially when somebody dies, they'll be like, say they're, they're 50 or 40 or 30, and they're like, they were so young. But, like, when people turn 30, 40, or 50, they're like, oh, I'm old. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do you think that way when you're alive, but you don't think that way about people that are dead? Or you think that way about people that are dead. You don't appreciate your your moments here. It's kind of like when we're when we're sixty or seventy, we're like, damn, I wish I was fifty or forty or fifty. Mm-hmm. You know. But you're still alive at sixty and seventy. 70 so yeah, exactly. Because like I taught, my dad took me. I had my birthday a couple of weeks ago. My dad took me out, and he's like, 
Ah, uh, he's my dad's seventy four, and he's like, man, I I, I want to keep living, but I'm sure at like when you're forty, you're like, I don't want to live to seventy, but then you get to seventy, you're like, there's more to this than I thought, mm-hmm. and I wish a lot of younger kids could see that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that didn't make it to fifteen. There's not a lot of people that didn't make it to twenty five, mm-hmm. and to be able to make it thirty, fifty to a hundred, luckily for some people, is a beautiful thing. Well, it's like my friend Susan commented on that post I made. I mean, she, she's like 70 or something like that. And she was like, you're missing the point. What was that, your post you made? Oh, it was about, um, I can't believe I'm going to be 60 in like 20 years. There was a meme that someone posted. And I was like, damn, that's me. And then she said, no, this this post doesn't make sense because a lot of people don't even make it to 20. So you should be thankful that you're making it to 60. The person that created the meme should be thankful they made it to 60. Yeah, I think we're all lucky because I saw somebody post something the other day. They were like, bacteria could have taken your eyes out at a young age. You could have been in a car accident. That's another thing during the pandemic. You know, a lot of bad things did happen. But say, like, you didn't have to go to work because the pandemic and you didn't get in a car accident that day. Mm -hmm. So there's always some way you can kind of look for a silver lining in everything. Well, it's kind of like you said about going to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. I think I, I think we all are creatures of habits, mm-hmm. and no matter what we do, we're none of us get to the end and are like, I fucking killed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to be like, man, I should have spent more time mm-hmm. with, with this kid. Yeah. I should have, I should have, you know. Took this wife out more. I should, you know, yeah. whatever. There's this whole new thing that's going around where they talk about giving people flowers. And that's basically telling people while they're alive that you appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we do that enough as people. So is there anybody that, like, if you could talk about right now that you wish you could tell them while they're alive that you appreciate them? I'm sure there's multiple people, so you know, maybe not want to single one person out. But like, if you had one person, like, if it was your last wish, who would you say something to? Um. Well, of course, it would have to be my wife or my mother. Yeah, right? those are probably the two most important. Who's number one and who's number two? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, let's see. Some years ago, we. Some pretty good things happened in our world, right? And then I had the heart attack, right? And that's what I was telling you, man. I wish I want to die. I want to be able to enjoy and do these things, do these things. Um, so when it comes to my family and my important friends and my children, mm-hmm. things where my whole life it was, you'll get this when I'm dead. Mm. This is in your name. You can't touch it until you're this age. I rethought all that. Oh, wow. I rethought all that because I want to see them enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. I think that means, and to be honest with you, my my mother really showed me a lot of that Mm. and how it's more important because, yeah. We don't know what they'll do with it when we're dead and gone. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather see them do something cool? Yeah, because the whole thing is, like, we don't know what happens to us. Like, there's nobody alive that can 100% guarantee that you're going to go anywhere. 
and, and be able to see what they did yeah. with it. Yeah, I agree. So, like you said, to that's a good way of looking at mm. to to give people the stuff to enjoy it, so you can see them enjoy it. Nothing makes me happier than to see you happy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. That's a good outlook, man. Mm. Well, my parents did that. Uh, they gave my wives, I mean my uh, brothers' wives. Like, you know, they all had things in their will that what they get that nobody knows about, you know. Mm-hmm. But last time <clears throat> my middle brother came in town, my mom gave it to her. And she's like, I want you to enjoy all these things. And my, my wife, my brother, brother's wife here, too. You know, she's like, this was stuff we were going to give you guys after we had died. But what's the point? Like you just said. And so she go out and gave it to them, gave my brother some stuff, too. And, you know, my brothers and she's like, there's no point because. We don't know how long we're going to be here for last. That's and, right. And so, and heaven forbid, what if what if you outlived your child and they never got to enjoy it? Exactly. Because yeah. unfortunately, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there needs to be a real shift. Like I said, I, I don't. I think people are inherently good. I, I think. Too. I think I, people are good. Yeah, I think. We see on social media or in the news, there's a lot of pockets of people that are bad, and that's mm-hmm. what they amplify. But I do think a lot of people just need to be more kind because, one, you don't know what somebody's going through. Like, you could be having a bad day, and then something sets you off, and then you act a certain way that's outside your character. And then somebody's like, well, fuck that guy. I don't want to be friends with that guy mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But now if somebody has habits all the time, that's something else. But mm-hmm. if it's like an offset, that's one thing. But I think, like I said, if you can just control your emotions agreed because if you control your emotions you're going to be more likely to not set somebody else off because we had a guy on the podcast and he said like he gave an example of like slap a slap around the world if everybody kept slapping and then somebody's like no i'm not going to slap the person i'm just going to take that slap so if you, if we stop some of this hatred and negativity and do more kindness and more love i think we as a humans will enjoy this time that we have which isn't very long mm-hmm because like I said, I, I think we all live like we're going to live forever. And it's not going to happen. I don't think people want to accept their death enough that it's going. I mean, we all have an end date. Like they say, like Motivational Mark says, you know, you have a start date. You have dashes in the middle. You're living and you, in the dash. Yeah. yeah. And you got the end date. And like I said, we don't know when the end date's coming. So you might as well do the best with those little dashes that you can. I tell them about people. Those are comments I make pretty regularly is I don't know what when you walk in your door, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens. Yeah. I don't know how your spouse treats you. I don't know if you've got, you know, a brother or sister that's a junkie and they're weighing mm-hmm. you down or your kids are awful and bullying or or being bullied mm-hmm. or if if you're a depressed person i don't know what's going on with you so i'm not going to add any fuel to that I'm, yeah i'm me and you cool mm-hmm. i hope you have a great day and i'm not going to worsen that because yeah. i don't know i don't know what you feel like when you walk out of my building or out of my day you know so as far as like your work, have you ever had people that you wanted to help out, but didn't you knew that you couldn't do anything for them as far as like their financial situation? Or do you try to help people like mentor them like, hey, maybe you need to do this to get your stuff in order? Oh, I, fi- I fix it. You're about like credit and yeah. getting them fixed, do that all the time. I, I do that for free for people. I, I got really good at cleaning credit probably 12, 13 years ago. Mm. 
Um, if you're talking about like physically doing stuff for people too, I don't even know how many cars I've bought at this point. Oh, I don't wow. know how many homes. Well, I know a couple homes I've gotten out of foreclosures. Um, wow. And I don't know how many kids I've gotten formulas and yeah. women that I've, you know, helped get out of situations or put families in hotels. Uh, I wouldn't begin to, to know. It's been a lot. And I feel like that's just the being good, the mm-hmm. karma thing. Yeah. It's just, I'm a big believer in what goes around comes around. And you treat people good. So how does somebody fix their credit? Like if they're in a bad financial spot, like how do they get out of debt? Because obviously it's going to be mounting and it's, it's like weighing down on people. So what are the first steps that somebody should do? I would go with like the Dave Ramsey debt snowball. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest, best, quickest way to see a result. Um, depending on if you are not so far along to where you need to do something drastic like a bankruptcy, right? Okay. If you've got manageable debts, but yet you've just gotten a little out of hand, which, you know, we see that a lot. I see people that will have 30 credit cards, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> but they do. So when I say debt snowball, you're going to take your credit report, and the good thing about a credit report is it's going to put your most expensive debts at the top. Mm-hmm. It's going to go down okay. to you know that $300 Home Depot card that you owe $285 on. Get rid of that Home Depot card. If it takes you two paychecks, pay the home, don't pay that $10 minimum. Pay the Home Depot card off. Close that account. Okay. Go to the next one. You owe $400 on that city card. Okay. I don't care if it takes you three payments. Keep paying the minimums on all them others. Get rid of that 400 Cut it up. Get rid of it. Debt snowball. Go all the way to the top. Because when you get rid of them, you can feel it. So if you try to attack the $12,000 one, it's not going to happen, man. It's going to take a long time. You need to take baby steps. Yeah, it's like if you have like a messy room. And you try to tackle it all one day, it's going to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But if you constantly pick up little things over time, mm-hmm. it's going to be a clean room. And then you consistently do that. And organize it as you go. Yeah. And trim off the fat. You don't need 15 credit cards. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. So is that a real thing that what? people have 30 to 15 credit cards? Yeah, oh, man. God. You Yes. Wow. Like, yes. see, like, even as a... They have to know that they're giving people that stuff. Like, how do they even legally are able to do it? You want me to tell you something that's even worse? And this doesn't matter if they've got 15 credit cards or two credit cards. Mm-hmm. And you think about this right now yourself if you've got them. Say your balance right now on your credit card is $5,000. Tell me anything worth a fuck you bought on that credit card. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Because yeah, I was like, damn man. I was like, damn man. Everyone has to start spending my money a little differently. He's like, what the fuck are you spending your money on? He's like, I like, I got this credit card bill. He's like, yeah. What the fuck did you buy? Tell I'm me like, anything. Well, I'm I like, bought one pair of slacks at Goldsmiths. I'm like, oh, you know, it's connected to my Amazon account. Let me, I'll be right back. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea what I bought, mm-hmm. but it's gone. Like, I don't know. So that's what five grand. People that have fifty, seventy five, a hundred, a hundred twenty five, hundred fifty, they don't know either. They have no idea what they bought. So and they, they're paying the minimums on all these stupid it's credit like you cards. Were saying, and they got shit to show for it. So yeah. are they are they just 
keep adding more money once they get to a certain level or something? Because obviously it doesn't sound like their wages match the amount of money they have on credit limit. Well, I guess it's just good old typical America. If you're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, because all you got to do on the app, like on Capital One, request credit limit increase. There you go. And boom. boom. Oh, yeah, we looked at your... Uh, mm-hmm. And then I come back, did you get a raise or anything? Oh, yeah, I got $5,000 raise. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to up your limit from 10000 to uh, 14000 mm-hmm. And boom, mm-hmm. you're in business for another 4000 the very next hour or whatever. You know, it, it's easy. And I think that goes back to what you were talking if about. If you the keep paying thing. the minimums, you'll never pay. You, you will never pay it off. Yeah, because like if you, like you said, the cash, like if you actually have to pay for something with a $100 bill and you mm-hmm. come back and get the change, like, fuck, where did my money go? Mm-hmm. But on a credit card... And especially like on Amazon, mm-hmm. you just click and it's sent to you. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the money. You don't have to think about it until that bill comes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the people that dodge bill collectors, like the fucking bill's not going to still be there just by well, not answering the phone. Well, I had to, I had to move my Amazon account from one card. That I had, so, you know, it's like it's my debit card. I had it on there before, but now I have it like on this Amex cash card right. instead. So it's, it's got like a value of like a max credit limit of like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And once that's up, it's up. You know, that's good. And so, like, because before I had it just with my first Tennessee debit card, so I would just keep on buying, buying, mm-hmm. buying, buying, and never pay attention. And like, damn, man, like, fuck, where that three grand go? I think people will get the credit cards, they'll pay the minimums, they'll run them up, then they never move, so they get another one. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just that's how you get caught in it. And I think the only thing really that's worse than credit card debt is student loan debt. Yeah, because you Cause can't default on those. Them fuckers. They, they, that's a, a racket. That's a racket. I you saw- never have to make a payment. I'm just going <laughs> to add to it every month. Well, I only borrowed 40 grand. Why do I owe 70? Yeah. Cause you've never made a payment. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I saw this guy say, he said like, say that, that you went somewhere and they said, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. You can do anything you want with it. Or do you want a hundred thousand dollars and go to school and get a piece of paper? Most people would take the hundred thousand dollars and do whatever they want with it, mm-hmm. but they don't give you that option. Like, if you were a person that was young, you want to get a $100,000 loan to buy a house, they're probably not going to let that happen. But you get a $100,000 loan to go to school for four years and probably not get a job that's going to match what the degree is going to cost. Most of the people spend the student loan money on everything but school. Yeah. And it trips me out because I'll see fifty, dollars $100,000 for student loan debt. A, they're doing something they didn't even go to school for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B, they're making like forty grand. I'm like, oh, that was fucking dumb. <laughs> well, but back to the people with credit, a lot of credit card debt. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier about when you get the new house, and you get the new car, and then to pay for some of the stuff, you have to put everything on credit cards. So you mm-hmm. keep on applying for credit cards over and over, increase, increase. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep on making those minimum payments, mm-hmm. they'll probably leave you the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Because what? they're making a killing off of you of those mm-hmm. interest rates. So if your credit score is down. Not, that's what we had started on a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, revolving debt is the biggest score sucker, right? So if you buy a car and you finance it for 60 months for $500 a month, as long as you pay that 500 a month, we're cool. Mm-hmm. You go 30 days late, I'm going to hurt you. Okay. But that's not really where your score comes from. Your score comes from your utilization, and your revolving debt. So that's why I hate student loans so much, right? Because you remember I said I borrowed forty grand, but I owe seventy. Mm-hmm. So as far as the credit system's concerned, you're like 170% maxed out on a credit card. 
you suck bad, bad. So if your credit score is down, there's two points of where you can improve it. Mm-hmm. 50% utilization, 30% utilization. So I got a $1,000 card. You go over $500 on that credit card, your score goes down. You keep it under 500 it's cool. I'm gonna uh, give you about okay. I'm gonna give you about five, ten points. You keep it under three hundred dollars, under thirty percent. I like you a lot. I'm yeah, about fifteen, twenty points. You cool. So, what do you think about how like you do need debt or credit to get stuff? Because I remember I used to pay for everything with cash, and then I went and tried to get a car one time. This is many years ago, and they're like, uh, "Your your credit is not enough because you don't. It's not active enough." I think, yeah, you need one credit card because if you want to rent a car, mm-hmm. if you go out of town, yeah. you got to have a credit card. They don't use debits yeah. for rental cars. So I think you need one credit card, and you should pay it off every month. And why are you going to have 10 credit cards with $2,000 limits? Why don't you just get one with a $10,000 limit mm-hmm. or one with a $15,000 limit and live off that 30% rule, which yeah. ideally so many people don't have the discipline. If if I know I've got a piece of plastic worth 20 grand in my pocket, I'm going to buy a bunch of shit. I'm not going to know what I bought. And then I'm just going to be like, oh, shit, I can't pay this off. So I'll just make the minimum. Yeah. We do it to ourselves. We same reason we don't go to the doctor. Same reason, same, <laughs> yeah. same reason we turn around at seventy and I'm like fuck. I wish I'd done this. Yeah, it's all we're just we're just we don't do things the right way. So, do you think that, like, as far as the student loans go, do you think that there's going to be a bubble with that eventually? Because I remember Mark Cuban saying that a couple of years ago. He thinks there's going to be a bubble. And I wonder, like, how, like, especially, like, there's kids that are going to Zoom calls for, like, Harvard. Like, you're paying to go to Harvard. You're not paying to sit on a computer and watch your professor. I don't know that Harvard people really are doing student loans. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, higher institutions or just schools, like, or just say Memphis, for example. Like, there's people, like, before they went back to in student learning. Well, I think you got to think about the person and the outcome of them, right? Mm-hmm. So if a doctor runs up, you know, $150,000 or $200,000 worth of student loans, well, think about his salary. His salary's not going to allow him to go on the deferred payment plan. So he, that guy, that doctor's going to pay his student loans off. And what most of the people will do is you can do a so student loans are an open-end transaction, just like a credit card. They have no means to an end, right? They'll just keep tapping, tapping, tapping. Mm-hmm. But when you get the smartest thing you can do is when you get done with school, cl- close in the transaction. Call them and say, hey, I'm done with school. I want to put this on a fixed-rate, fully amortized loan. And they'll go to about 25 years on a student loan. And make a payment just like a house or a car. Yeah. Get it paid. Now it's an installment loan. Okay. Get it paid for and gone. But what I see more than anything is so many people go and run up. It doesn't matter if they ran up 30, 40. It doesn't matter what the number is. There's an income qualification when it comes to student loans. At the end of every year, if you don't make over this amount of money, you don't have to make payments. Mm. So I think those people's intentions 
are to never pay them off. Yeah. Or wait until somebody says, okay, we forgive them. Mm. And then all that does is piss off the hardworking people that went to work, went to school, used it, and paid their education back the right way. Yeah. Because that's happening. Isn't it it's gonna, happening right now. They're, they're coming up with like mm-hmm. student loan forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Well, I know it's some schools like defrauded people like IT tech and some of those other places. Mm-hmm. Now those were like, they were selling people dreams that were never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now so like is, an actual college that is uh, accredited. Yeah. an accredited school. It's different, but it's also like, they always say like you're young, but then we have people that go to war at 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, what level is young and what level is a maturity right. level to not to, to know what you're getting into. Right. It's like, you can go, you can go overseas and, Maybe die in the yeah, war, okay. join in the service, mm-hmm. but you can't go to the store and buy Bud Light or whatever mm-hmm. you want to drink. You're not stupid, right? But I know that's what they're always talking about. Like, oh, people they were 18, they didn't know what they were getting into when they got the student loans. I don't mm. know. I, I mean, you got to be responsible for your own actions. Well, because I think a lot of guys. It, at what age were you when you were like you didn't think, or like you realized you could? die and like you were doing stupid shit Mm -hmm. and you know i think i was like maybe 25 when i was like oh my god i think i even went to my my mother one day and i was like thank you you know i'm sorry i was idiot blah 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 you know all this stuff like that right there because you didn't so many things i did that were just bad and you don't think about consequences and stuff like that and so those college kids I don't necessarily fault them for it, but I think there should be better guidance in it. Mm-hmm. But I think college is big business. Yeah, 100%. You know, I would rather see somebody go to a trade school because those guys come out and they have it in mind. So many people go to college and they don't ever figure they don't ever do what they intended they said they were going to do or whatever and i don't know yeah it's a it's a weird slope man because like i said i can see it on both sides like you should be responsible at 18 but then there's people that are a lot older than you that are selling you this dream Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of stuck and then like i said you may have not picked the best job or say the job's not there anymore is not as lucrative as it was at Mm -hmm. one time and then there's a thing now where I think a lot of people aren't even wanting to go to school because there's other avenues. And then there's certain people that are looking at like degrees as like, okay, you don't need that degree to do mm-hmm. this. I think you only need college for certain Agreed. careers. If you're going to be a doctor Doc- you have or to go to a lawyer college. or something yeah. like that, you need to go to college. If, if you, you don't know what you're going to do and this and that, find a job that you think you're into the pay will start off smaller but nothing trumps experience mm. i dropped out in 10th grade oh i'm looking wow. at you now yeah, and i make way more money than just about every doctor lawyer and everything mm-hmm. else in this yeah. town that's awesome so when you dropped out would you have ever imagined you'd be in the position you're at right now i've been an entrepreneur mm. from day one yeah I just, uh, we'll see. When I first had my my first mortgage company, I can remember, and I, yeah, I was like early, tw- mid-20s. It was like, uh, what was it? 
I mean, like, we would, I'd jump on tables. I'd have tons of cash in my hands, like, <laughs> throwing out spiffs, like Wolf of Wall Street Duh. shit. You know? <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Um, no, I, I never thought I would get where I got to. Yeah. But, and I would always say during those meetings, I don't care if you're selling cell phones and making a $50 commission Mm -hmm. or if you're selling cars making a $200, $300, $500 commission, houses making three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 commission. I said, if there was a nice pretty ocean out here and there was fucking $10 million yachts that I could make, you know, dollars a sale. I wouldn't be doing this mortgage shit. I would mm. be selling the yachts. Yeah. If, if we had a you know a bunch of uh, you know airplane buyers, I'd be fucking making that million dollar commission. I want the biggest ticket because a sales a sales a sale. Mm. Right, a deal's a deal's a deal. Right. Uh huh. And I was in the car business at one point. I was in other sales businesses at one point, and I thought, and there was a day I can remember. It was like a light switch came on. I was like, "Fuck, man, I can sell. I got this. Mm. I can, I can figure out what people need, and I can do a great job for them, get them everything they need, and make this happen, and make a good living at this." Yeah. And then I got better and better and better and better and better. Um, sales is where it's at. I mean. Yeah, because I think that there's a lot of, especially like back in the day, like if you didn't want to go to college or you didn't want to finish school, you were considered a loser. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of adults pushed that on people. And so it made people like do stuff that now they probably hate because they wanted to appease their parents or the people around them. And to see like people like you who broke that mold and then did what you did and look at you now, there's hope for other people. And I think a lot of kids now are doing that now. They're they're skipping the alternative or the standard route of like college and mm-hmm. like, you know, all this sort of stuff. Cause there's other avenues that people can be successful. Cause I think everybody learns different too. You know, I don't think the way that school is set up is just set up for everybody. Yeah. I think it's set up for people to be factory workers, to be honest with you. Right. And, and school's just, it, like I said, it's business, it's politics. You're just supposed to do it. This mm-hmm. is what my, you know, it's, it's beat into our head that that's what we're supposed to do. But you're right. That was never my thing. Yeah. I didn't like school ever my whole life. I mean, I, I can remember that they kept calling my family saying, dude, he's, he's never, he's messing our records up. This and this, you gotta yeah. get him out of here. Just mm. finally, my mom's like, dude, you guys drop out, man. Just go take your GED and be done with the shit. Cause they're calling, I'm sick of them calling me. Um, to succeed, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And I have failed a lot. If I hadn't failed, I'd have never hit the biggins. So do you think a lot of times, like especially now, people only see people's highlights. So they see you now. They don't know the struggles that you've had. Right. And so people are always like, oh, it's easy for him. Mm-hmm. They don't know all the trials and tribulations you had to get to That's where you're exactly at today. Right. That's exactly right. That's um, right. You got to believe in yourself. You got to take risk. And you got to cut out the naysayers. Mm. The naysayers will kill you. You know, you're better off. Just going with your gut and not telling people your ideas. Because you start telling people your idea, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, that's never going to work. And, 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 and. and then you give up on your dreams mm. and your thoughts. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's, it, I, 
do it and fail and learn from it and move on. Do it, fail, learn from it, move on. Mm. And yes, that's right. Nobody knows the things that I've gone through. Mm. That's right. Yeah. I can remember when I had a vendor not pay me for two months worth of business. Oh, wow. I still had payrolls to make. All of my bills went late, and I had to take mine and my wife's car to the dealership and sell them to make payroll. Damn. That's wild. Because another vendor didn't pay. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Nobody knows that. Yeah, like you said, I think it's better to have failures than have regrets. That's right. Because there's... Like you said, there's a whole crabs in a bucket mentality. It's usually people po- projecting their own insecurities on you. Like they mm-hmm. never did something, so they why don't want you? you to do it. Oh, 100%. You're right. And that's why they say it's very important who you hang out with and what you consume. you got to audit your circle because they say you're some of the five people you hang out with. If you're hanging around a bunch of losers, you're going to be a loser too. Truth. Because you want to level up. You never want to be the, mm-hmm. the loser of your group. Mm-mm. And it's sad that some people don't have that like you said, the aha, aha moment about like working out in fitness. They mm-hmm. don't have that about their leveling up in life. Because mm-hmm. like I said, it, you just, it just all goes back to our time, man. We just, just time is so precious. And to waste it, you know, like you, you're young now. And then like there's going to be that moment where you're like, fuck, I wasted a whole life. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody that right now that's dying that wish they were in our opportunity right now just to be having this conversation. Right. But and there's so many people that get get in a certain job or whatever that is that exactly it's not what they wanted. They're not making enough money to do anything with, uh, and be able to enjoy life because that's the way my mind works. My mind works to where I want to be able to quit this shit as soon as I can, but I also need my wife to be taken care of. I need my children to be taken care of, and I need my children's children to be taken care yeah. of. So I got some shit to finish here, yeah. and so that's what I do, right? I, I, like installment loans we were talking about, right? Yeah. My house, I never paid the note that was given to me. Never one time did I pay the house note that was assigned to me. That car sitting out there, never one time did I pay the car note that was given to that car. I always, because the quicker I get that title, the quicker I got this title, Mm. I'll go get another title, and I'll keep peeling it into this and this and this. And so I've that's how I've done everything forever. And I've rolled deals every time. I didn't take the monies. I've rolled them. Yeah. Into the next one, rolled them into the next one. I paid my current house off in four years. Holy <laughs> shit! <Jesus> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know they always say like when you get a car and you have a the note, you always got to pay the principal on top of it mm-hmm. to pay it down, like pay off the interest faster or what have you. Because I think, like I said, people will basically, like you said, with credit cards, they'll pay the basic minimum, and then they'll always be, and then you're start accumulating that mm-hmm. fucking interest, and it costs more money. And what you initially financed it for. Dave Ramsey. So I worked for that whole group back after the meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to own my own company anymore. I was like, I'm just going to kick back and let somebody pay me and just work a job. 
And so I worked for Church Hill, a church of mortgage out of Nashville with Dave Ramsey. And we would take realtors up there, let them meet him, do little talk shows, stuff like that. But a couple of things, like I said about the debt snowball, mm-hmm. that stuck in my head. And it always did. Well, there was one other thing that I can think of right now that really, really resonated with me. Do I want to live good now or great later? Mm. Right? Yeah. And so I want to live great later. So I set myself up now for this greatness later. Yeah. And hope that I get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's powerful, man. That's right. So maxing out a bunch of dumbass credit cards that I'm never going to know where the money went is not in my thought process. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want credit cards. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, too, where you have to decide, is it a want or a need? That's right. If you can't pay cash for it, why the fuck are you buying it? Yeah. Unless well, it's a car. Unless yeah. it's a house. Yeah. <clears throat> well, another thing, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm getting this car because of the travel benefits or you know, the miles you get per dollar spent. But are you really taking that many vacations that it really matters? Because mm-hmm. one ticket, I don't know how much it is, but I'm, I'm guessing one ticket on Delta – with the Delta Sky Miles, it's probably like, say, 100000 somewhere decent. You're going to have to spend $100,000 to get that ticket for free if it's a dollar for uh, per point, right? Right. I mean, that's a lot of money you have to put on that card, or you could just buy the ticket one time. And be done with it. And be, what but, are you saying? Well, it's kind of like buying a boat and paying that payment, or you can just go to the lake and rent it for the weekend. Yeah. Or a condo in Florida. Why do you need a condo? You can just go rent one. And guess what? You don't have to stay in Florida. You can go get one in Gulf Shores. Or you can go to New Orleans. It's like they say, most people that have a lot of stuff, they're trying to impress other people. Mm-hmm. So they're worrying about somebody else's perception of them instead of worrying about what they actually need. I see more $20 an hour people driving fucking $800, $900 car notes. And they trip out over the same house note. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what the man. fuck are you thinking? You don't even need that car. Yeah. The thing was, well, I saw something on a CarMax commercial. It wasn't a commercial, but someone was talking about CarMax on YouTube. And they said that, oh, yeah, we can get any of this new Mustang or whatever it was. It was like 900 or $800 a month. Dude was like, are you fucking crazy? No. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just, I'll keep on working on my credit. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he said. He went back like two years later or something like that or whatever. And it was, ended up being like 400 bucks a month, mm-hmm. like nor, like a normal car note. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that should be something they should be teaching people more about like credit and saving and all this sort of stuff instead of the in school? Norm, yeah. Utilization. Yeah. I think it's important because, you know, over the last maybe five years mm-hmm. and I actually have a friend that owns one of these, this cash you know, these cash, uh, cash checking places. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. People are screwing themselves so bad on those. I hate that. They're like 25, 30%. Oh, wow. You can hawk your titles. I think you can, what, mm-hmm. do something like payday advance. Those are stupid. Don't do that. Don't do that. There, there is nothing so urgent. And especially if you're hawking your paycheck forward, there's nothing so freaking urgent to where I would rather, the creditor, 
you know, do whatever than to go down that road because you're just making it twice as worse. You're just making it twice as bad. Mm. Well, there's a big thing now where um, that when they break into businesses, they're looking for checkbooks and stuff. So this has happened to one of my friends. I'll tell you off here who it is. And they broke into a store. They got a bunch of checks. They forged the wife's signature, and uh, they went to one of those cash places that we were just talking about. And I guess they knew the person that was working because they didn't even check him for ID or make sure the things match up and stuff. And then he went, he had to go buy something for his business and he couldn't get it because so much money had taken, been taken out. He's like, what are you talking about? And then he had to call that. Now there's like $32,000 that's, that's on hold of his, that he's going to get back because it's, you know, it's a bank, but it's just a thing that he has to wait probably four or three, three or four months while the bank does his investigation and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and those things are notoriously bad mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I thought they were got. I thought they had gotten rid of them. No, them things are everywhere. I see them on credit reports so much. And it, they're, it's just like a student loan. It's never for what they open. It's always worse. It's just not the right way. People panic, I think, a lot. And I think people, like, don't really definitively separate a want from a need, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And they're just like, okay, well, I want it. I'm going to get it. Yeah. You know, like I want this fancy fast car, but I really would be a lot smarter if I bought a Toyota Corolla for 250 a month. Yeah. Cause it gets good gas and it's cheap, but that fucking motor sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. buddy called me the other day that he had a PlayStation five. One of his friends was selling like a new one he got from target or whatever. And like this cost, you know, but then I was like, do I, I don't even really play. Do I, do I, as you just said, wanted a need do I really want, need this? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't even play that much anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, I decided not to not to waste that money. Right. And it's discipline too, right? I mean, it boils down to discipline. I'm a numbers guy through and through. I mean, I I am like rain man with numbers at anything, and that's just the way my brain thinks. It's always calculating. So have you kind of taught your kids the same kind of things that you've already learned? Um my kids are street smart, mm. and my kids are hustlers. <laughs> yes. So, yes, he has. <laughs> yes. My kids, uh, they do their own little businesses, and they're always thinking of a side hustle, and mm. they're always uh, trying to get over on us with their stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to turn it on us. Because my wife's in real estate, and I'm in mortgaging, so we're constant. They, they've grown up hearing us fighting people, uh, you know, working deals, um, just doing everything we can, right, to grinding it out to, to get somewhere. And they have totally learned all that, absolutely. And... Uh, I love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a beneficial thing, especially like later in their lives that they're already ahead of the curve than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, most people, they don't have that, that, um, 
mentorish or mentorship from somebody to teach them, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And that's probably why they end up in the situations they are, because they never had anybody to teach them, hey, this is the proper way to pay your bills on time. This is the way to mm-hmm. do the, what do you say, a snowball mm-hmm. uh, with the credit cards. But Well, I mean, they've seen the good days. They've seen the bad days. Mm-hmm. They've had vaina sausages one day and, <laughs> you know, yeah. crab legs the next. Yeah. You know, they saw two cars one day and only one the next. And they were like, where'd the cars go? <laughs> yeah. well, Daddy had to make payroll. Yeah. You know, they've seen all that kind of stuff. And see what you said about that. That's a, a very important thing. I don't think a lot of people think because especially if you're an employee, you see only thing from your POV. You don't know what the business owner is going through. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're make, they're making so much money. We're the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I always hear people say that, and it's like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Because generally, like, say, like, we've had those people that, like, will sell a part of the business. You generally, in my opinion, you wouldn't sell something if it was doing so well. Like, you'd be the sole owner of it. Mm-hmm. So you're generally going to look for investors if you need to be helped out. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like, if you're, you know, an employee, you're like, oh, they're not paying me enough. Well, they're probably not making enough. That's why they're not in the situation. Or if you're not happy, you just leave, go somewhere else. That's right. But that becomes. I don't have that. I don't have that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But like when it comes to the employee, like you have to be able, you have to be not scared to take that step. That's right. We were talking about earlier. Scared money's not money. And yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. I have some buddies that they never left the place they're at still because they're just not sure what's next. So they mm-hmm. always just keep on staying at that one job, mm-hmm. even though they hate it. They got bills to pay. They got wife, a kid, you know, mm-hmm. like, so what happens if I leave and then it doesn't work out? Right. So I'm just going to stay. And I was like, but I told him, I was like, you know, this is easy for me to say, but what if it does work out for you? Mm-hmm. And that's easy for me to say, but you know, I can't, I, I can't come and pay for your bills if it doesn't work out. That's right. Well, I think that's the thing with men. A lot of times we have to do stuff we don't like. It's just part yeah. of life. Mm-hmm. You just do things because they need to be done. Mm-hmm. Is that something Coward Tate said? I mean, that's just everybody says that. In general? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I know he shared something with me and Polly with, with something like that he said. No, but I mean, that's like they even talk about like men having feelings and stuff like that. They, like they always say, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm good. And they said, there's always a man that said that, but he's not doing good. Right. Yeah. And it's just like the same thing with uh, just mounting debt or family problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just push through. And I don't think that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, but that's just we're all where we're at right something. now, you know? We're all dealing with something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's life is funny. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to navigate this whole thing. Like, there's always experts, but nobody really knows what they're doing. Mm-mm. Like, you know, I always say that the person that's an expert or something learned from a novice. Because mm-hmm. somebody that did your heart surgery learned from somebody back in the day that hadn't, there were, no one's born a doctor. Mm-hmm. There's no manual to be a doctor back in the day. Somebody just start. Pulling teeth out, <laughs> yeah. cutting you people open that, and shit. Yeah. And now we're at we're at today. But um yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like I said, we're on the spinning rock. You mm-hmm. know, and we, <laughs> and we just are bumbling through it. And like I said, the best thing we can possibly do that we can control is just be good. That's exactly what I was supposed to say. If you can just get through each day just doing your best and I've never lied, cheat, or stole for a nickel. Yeah. And I don't ever plan on it. I, 
if somebody needs something, I'll take my shirt right off for you. I don't have a problem with that because I'll just run down the street and get another one. Yeah. But if you just try to do good by folks and just be honest people and follow your heart, mm. you'll be all right. So I know you mentioned you believe in karma. Do you believe in manifesting too? What do you mean? So like they say, like if you put something out into the world, like say I want this, you can achieve it. I say manifestation is true, but you also have to put the work in. You can't just sit on your fucking couch and say, Mm -hmm. I want to be a millionaire and not even go buy a lottery ticket. Okay. Yes. 1,000%. Every one of us have invented something that would be revolutionizing, you know, right? Change the fucking world. I've mm. got so many inventions, it's not even funny. Yeah. But how many of them do I own patents on? Only a couple. Mm. Like a lot of fucking patents. Or a lot of thoughts, right? Yeah. yeah. We've all got these great ideas. But the problem is only about 98, probably only about 2% of us follow through. Yeah. You it's know, all about the execution. It's all about the following through. Yeah. I'm building a new thing right now, and it's so time-consuming, and it's so massive, and I know that it will be enormous. It will totally take over one part of an industry. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's so time-consuming. It's so the research, the figuring it out. Sucks so, so bad. This is the generational wealth that you were talking about that you can create for your kids' kids. That's right. That's right. Well, it's like even think about the people that first came to America. There was no GPS or anything like that, or they just went. Yeah, they just got in a fucking boat and hope for the best. Like I mean, people thought they were going to fall off the end of the world. You know, yeah. you know, when they thought the earth was flat or what have you. So it's just like, you know, you're taking these leaps. You have to take those steps. And I, I just wish that more people would do that with a lot of different things in their life. doesn't have to be something grand, but it's just like, say, hey, I want to take a trip. Save up the money and take the trip. Mm-hmm. You know, don't always just wait for and don't wait for other people to do stuff, too. That's the worst fucking thing. Because if you wait for other people, you'd be waiting forever because they're not on the same timeline as you. Mm-mm. You got to follow your heart and your brain. I don't even, when it comes to uh, business stuff, things mm-hmm. like that, I don't, I don't, my, I don't even let, I don't even go down that road with my wife even because mm-hmm. there's been opportunities that I've brought up to her and it's cost me lots because I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't even go down that road anymore. I follow my heart. I've been very good at what I've done. And if I fuck up, I'm cool. Yeah. I'll rebound. It's, it's, I'm good. <laughs> like my buddy Nick says, just because somebody started the destination with you doesn't mean they're going to finish it with you. That's true, too. So, like, there's a lot, a lot of times, like I said, sometimes it's, it's be a solo, and then there's sometimes you need a team. But you have to surround your people that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to be on that same mission with you. Because if there's somebody that, like, say you're going to war, and there's somebody that's going to be fucking up, they're going to kill everybody. They're gonna, you're a li- They're a liability to mm-hmm. you. So, I don't know. And this this life is it's it's a weird journey we're all on. Mm-hmm. But we all have greatness inside us, you know. Yeah. Every single person, like you said, we're all. I, I I really firmly believe 
just like the whole two percent follow through. I think ninety eight percent of us are good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think two percent of us are bad. Yeah, and you know what's fucked up about the bad ones? You spend so much time figuring out how to bug up a check. You know, like fraud some checks or figure out how to <laughs> yeah. rob this place. You're a fucking genius, man. Yeah. You could have opened up a, a crack safe and escape room and made more money, you yeah. know? Because yeah. you really were – half the crooks could be could make more money legally if they put their mind to it. But they've just – they went down that road, right? And they got themselves into the illegal thing. Mm-hmm. And they were good at it and never – Switched over because it's like the guy, the guy that I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Catch Me If You Can. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, and the mm. guy's like a he he was a fake pilot, he was a fake doctor, he was a yeah. fake lawyer, and he was a uh, writing bad checks, and then he ended up working for the government later on mm-hmm. because he was so brilliant at what he did that their government's like, well, we need to hire these people because I know like even with cybersecurity, sometimes they'll hire hackers, right? Because they know how to do it so well. And it's just like if you can just like you said channel that bad for good, mm-hmm. you can do a lot better. You're probably gonna sleep better at night too. Oh yeah, because <clears throat> you're not worried about somebody's gonna come bang down your door taking I, you out. I, I Frank Abagathy is something like that is the guy's name from Catch Me You Can. Frank yeah, Abagathy. Yeah. That's worth this weight and gold too. Being able to lay your head down on your pillow at night mm. and know that you're good and that you haven't done anything that's going to haunt you i feel like that's important yeah i make that statement every so often you know i don't ever have to worry about going to sleep because i don't have any skeletons i don't have any of that crap yeah. well it's like you said about the lion you don't have to worry about catch, catch, keep, keeping up with a lie if you're not telling lies yeah because yeah. you know like eventually somebody's gonna catch up with you. you're like mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't say that or yeah. you said this mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it's like oh shit now i'm caught mm-hmm. <sighs> man there's been a lot of good things happening in this conversation I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we always ask people. I have a, I have, I have, I have a question I want to ask before you ask your questions. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what, what's a memory that you want, that you've created, that you don't want people to forget? Over the last few years, I have spent a lot of time teaching my craft to people because I'm – I'm on the tail end, right? I, I'm I'm ready to be done with this, but I have a number, right? There's a number, and until I get to that number, and keep in mind, I make money in multiple different areas. You know, I have multiple streams, right? But my main craft has always been mortgaging and numbers. So when people think about me, and, you know, when I'm gone and done or whatever, I want them to know or to think, man, that guy, he he showed us everything he could to be successful. And I've told my people, look, you know, I'm not going to do this forever, but you're going to have the tools to where you could have your own one of these. Yeah. Or you could go easily be hired by any of these people. And 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 be successful, and then also, I want pe- people to remember me for when people have came to me and needed something. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's just it. That's that's just it. My daughter's uh, boyfriend right now. He's got. He went in February and goes and buys this BMW car, sight unseen, from I don't know St. Louis or something. He gets it back here, and I guess about a month ago, come find out it had been just like screwed up. The air conditioner doesn't work. Mm. The uh, evap core is bad in it, right? And so we called around. I even called a really good friend. He's like, well, we're not letting anybody in until September 1st. Jeez. So apparently, so I learned something with that conversation, too. About what we were talking about, about money, right? And about the economy and about where we're headed in yeah. this whole recession thing. Cause if you call a car lot, if you call a car fixing place right now, they're going to tell you it takes forever to get them in. Well, he's telling me that he's dying driving, right? So I'm like, all right, look, you can drive one of my other cars. And I'm going to call a buddy of mine because when I had that heart attack in 2018, that's what I did. I tinkered. I bought stuff, took it apart, played with it, put it back together, got flipped all kinds of stuff. So I done ripped this whole dash, steering, everything out of this BMW, and I'm putting it back together for the guy. I, that's what I want people to remember me for because mm. I don't have time for this shit, but – I'm going to make sure you got air in your car. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry that there ain't nobody can fix it right now. Yeah. But I'm going to make sure that you got air in your car. And I, and I've, anytime people come to me, I'm going to fix that need if they can't. I've just, I don't know why I always feel obligated. I want people to, I hate to see people down, you know? Yeah. Cause like it's, you know, it fucks your head up, man. You don't want people to be down. You want people to do the best they can. It's because you're the type of person that wants to help everybody you can if they come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you knew about it, and if you didn't, if you weren't able to help them, I think you would feel you would feel sad about not being not helping them, and you might not be able to put your head on your pillow that night until you're like, hey, you know what? I thought thought think about it again. Mm-hmm. I think we could do something. You mm-hmm. know, you probably, and then mm-hmm. okay, now you feel better about helping them, right? I, yeah, I hope that's what people think of me as. Yeah. Is that I went out of my way to do what I could for folks. That was a very good answer, but uh, fuck you because you hijacked my question and just tried to spin it into your own. Because my question was going to be, what do you? What, whoa, mark, whoa, whoa, whoa. what mark do you want to leave on the world? Which is essentially the same thing this fuck just said to you. No, <laughs> what? you had a very good answer. But his, he's trying to like trying to like be better. Obviously, I mean, I just I you mean, know, do better, man. Come on, you got to remix it a little bit better I know, than so that. So I was I was watching this thing. I think it was on TikTok. You know how they have a bunch of real but the same people. It's this, this interview thing, and one of the guys is like, "Well, what?" What of all the memories that you've done for everybody or in your life, what is something that you want people to remember you by? I was like, holy shit. I'm going to start asking people that on the podcast. It's no different than what mark do you so, see yourself But I'm just saying, like, that's a great question to ask our grass, especially after this great No, episode. he gave a great answer. I appreciate his answer, but I don't appreciate you. That's, that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, so I won't ask that question. But my other question is. Uh, well, what was the first one usually? 
what is what's your advice for people? Just overall living. Yeah. Or you could do business too if you like. Um, stress will kill you. Stress will hurt your mind, and money's the root of all evil. It really, really is the root of all evil. So don't stress yourself out by adding things you don't need. Mm. Don't do that to yourself. Most marriages, most businesses, most restaurants, most everything that doesn't make it, it's because of money. Money does everything. Yeah. So don't add stress that you don't need. Go back to the needs and wants. There's a time and a place in life for everything. And don't put the cart in front of the horse. You know, get Mm. your shit together. Dial it in. All that stuff will come. You want to live good now or great later? I really like that you said that. That's a, I've never heard it put that way, but that's a good way of looking at life. Yeah. So true. Because like I said, a lot of people just do stuff short term. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, there is a whole thing like you got to live in the moment. I 100% agree with that. But then you also have to live like they say, live like you're never going to live like today's your last day. But then there you wake up tomorrow. Right. I can fly to Miami for the weekend and, you know, go see Versace's house and do this and do that and drop, you know, five grand. No problem. If I have it. Yeah. To do because I want to get away. With my wife and my family. Or I can drive an hour away to Beach Lake. I can rent a campground for 20 bucks. Take them fishing, walking, and spend 200 for the weekend. We still got away. We still mm-hmm. spent time together. Yeah. And you're creating memories. And I still created memories. But I didn't go do something I shouldn't do. Yeah. Because then you got to go back and worry about And that's what's funny, you know, because, yeah, 15 years ago, that's what we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we fly to Miami. But 15 years ago, we went fishing. And what was fun was it was probably even funner because we stayed in tents, we set them up and all this, and we skinned the fish at the site. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. Now I'm going to go get a fancy restaurant. <laughs> but that shit was fun. Yeah. It's like when a piece of fish comes, like, oh, man, I remember when. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually kind of want to do that again. I hadn't done that forever. Well, it's like the whole thing going back to you appreciate it more because you actually harvested it mm-hmm. and then you prepared it and it's fresher mm-hmm. and you know what the work that could took to get to that point mm-hmm. instead of just some quick gratification. Because like I said, you can obviously just go to fancies or coastal or something like that. But if you're going to go and actually get a piece of fish and, you know, it takes work to fish, mm-hmm. especially in a, in a, in a real lake where it's not stocked. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Creating those memories and saving money. That's right. I didn't, I didn't charge it. Yeah. Any, anytime. My mind just doesn't work like that. So what is your company called? Integrity Mortgage Group. Integrity Mortgage Group. Mm-hmm. In Arlington. In Arlington, Tennessee. IMGArlington.com. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. It's been very informative and you're good. You're a good person. It seems like, man. So appreciate that. 
Do you have anything else you want to steal from me? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Not today. I got one for y'all. How long y'all been doing this, and what do y'all get the most out of it? 2019, December 2019, when it officially launched. And then as far as getting out of it, I just you learn something new every day. And you don't realize how much you don't know until you talk to somebody that knows a lot. And also, it's just connecting with people. Like having conversations and and uh, listening to people, it, I think it helps your communication skills too better because this has made me like not always like think to talk or speak to talk or listen to talk. I'm saying because like you know like usually say like when you're listening to somebody talk, you're like oh what am I going to say next? And you just sit there and absorb what they're saying, and then you actually learn something. That's what I got out of it. You're saying instead of being just ready to fire, yeah, you kind of like. Processing it. That's cool. Yeah, I've enjoyed the part of the pro- of the podcast where we just learn about you, what you've done, we've you know everything you're do, gonna do, of all the guests we've had on here. You know, everyone's story is different, and that's what I really enjoy. I could have two bodybuilders on the same time, uh, the same week, right? But bodybuilder on Tuesday's episode might tell me something completely different how he got there than bodybuilder on Friday's episode. And just the steps that people take to improve their lives, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I enjoy hearing. You're actually getting to hear the goodness, and both of those bodybuilders are probably good, great D- people. You're right. Yeah, because yeah, like it's all I, in us. Yeah, yeah, like when I when I first started this, I uh, I always said like everybody has a story to tell. It's just how getting how to get it out of that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody's completely dull. It's just certain things are need to be extracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think everybody is valuable. I do too. I that you're the first one ever asked us a question. No one's ever asked us a question. Really? No shit. We all put our shoes on the same way, don't we? Yeah. For real. Well, I think y'all did a great job. I appreciate you having me in, and uh, I appreciate you giving us your time because, like, time is very valuable, yeah. and to share wisdom with people that you don't even know is a uh, it's a a very kind thing to do because most people would probably be like, no, I got other stuff. I can do other stuff with this. That kills me. We all have time. Yeah. We all have time. When people tell me I didn't, I don't have time to do that. Well, bullshit. I guarantee you, you open up that phone and pull up the uh, screen time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just in one day, <clears throat> yeah, you had the time. To do this, that, and four other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I like some like so. I'll I'll get on Explorer on Instagram, and that's how I find some guests. Also, do you know? And like, if they respond, if they even see it, because you know, if you're not friends with somebody after, you, I mean, when you follow somebody and they don't follow you back, your message goes into a, mm-hmm. a different kind mm-hmm. of folder or whatever, right? And then when they open that up, they either when they see it, they either respond or don't respond. So I usually, you know, even though they tell me, they man, I'm just super busy right now. Let's let's touch back in a couple of weeks. That means more to me that they actually responded to me and took the time to respond to me than it's not even ignoring one hundred percent or saying hey, no time, sorry, good luck with your podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. I mean, I get it. Thank you. But the ones that I have reached out back to, they usually, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Usually mm-hmm. people don't hit me back up, but yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone that didn't respond or that didn't say they were, they all had time. Yeah. They all had time. It's just 
what do you choose to do with it? You know? Well, I think sometimes people put their value on you. So it's like, well, what can I get out of it? So then they're like, oh, I can't. I'm not, No, they're not big enough. They're not Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do it. Now, if Joe Rogan messages them, I guarantee they'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's all relevant. I mean. It is what it is. I can go home and I can watch TV. Or I can go sit in my daughter's room and play her little horse game with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all in where I pick my time. Or I go home and watch TV or go sit outside and, with my wife, you mm-hmm. know, with her friends or whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, I hate that when people say that all the time. That's <laughs> one of my, ugh, everybody's time. And more people allot their time horribly. And that's that's a success thing, too, really. You want to be successful? Quit playing on your phone and do real research and do real ideas and do real pen-to-paper shit. I got books and books and books full of crap. Half of it I'll never touch, use, or feel, but I still got so much. Well, it's like we were talking a couple weeks ago about how they were – him and this other guy were saying that the pyramids were so impressive. And I'm like, granted, you know, at that time they are, but then we have stuff like cell phones and planes and air conditioning and all this other modern science that we have. But people are marveling over what these people did then. And it's just no different than what people are doing now. It's like, you have to look at it in a certain lens. Like everything is impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you said, the cell phone, like most people look at it for Instagram and all that stuff. We have information at our fingertips that people are wasting it to look up or or to hate on other people. It's a very powerful tool. It just depends on how you're going to use it. Just like a gun. Mm-hmm. A gun can be used for good or bad. Yeah. But I liked, I liked it better when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And the perfect example is look around at Thanksgiving and look around at Christmas. Your whole family that you only see once or twice a year, they're all sitting on the couch playing on them damn phones. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And the same thing's happening at home. Your kids are doing it, your wife's doing it. You got to have that put the phone away time. Yeah, because I know Get off them because they suck you in. Yeah, because like this one guy, Cobra Tate, he said, uh, he said, uh, like most people that will go to a party will be on their phone, but then they'll post a picture like they're living in the moment because mm-hmm. one, they want to make somebody else say, Hey, look where I'm at mm-hmm. instead of actually enjoying mm-hmm. and not using their phone. You know, like mm-hmm. you're entitled to do whatever you want to do. It's great to take a pic. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. Yeah. But roll out. Yeah. You're done. But yeah, it's been good, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate y'all. All right. We love you lots.